0: Good morning, Wrestling Inc. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Housman, back for another episode of The Winkly. And uh, as you can tell, my voice is shot from a very busy weekend of All Out and Starcast. But I'm going to do this podcast today because I love you, and this show is very important for your ear holes. This is almost a little bit sad, Nick. <laughs> my, my co-host at this time, as it is always, as he is always my co-host, Michael Weiss, or on Tuesdays at least, Michael Weissman, Michael, Michael, welcome back, show about, of the year, baby, Michael, show of the year, right here,
1: Michael, welcome back to the Winkley. Oh, I love this. This is. I feel like we're in like the funeral version of the. Um, oh, then you know, we gonna be real, real quiet today and real silent. Nobody speak too
0: loudly. Uh, I am. I am the Wrestling Inc. librarian. It is me, Nick Hausman. It's an AEW joke, haha.
1: (laughs) Let's see what
0: you did there. Are you saying the librarians are a joke? That's what I'm sensing here. uh, No, it's a joke about the librarians. We're gonna have a great show today. (laughs) We're gonna have a so we we do have a great show planned. Uh, Let me let me start by saying who the guests will be. I'm very excited. I sound very excited. I'm very excited about the guests we have here later on in the show. Right after the news, of <laughs> which Michael and I will be talking about. I will be talking about mostly, it sounds like. I'll be joining. I will be. We'll be having two, two big interviews for you here today. <laughs> the first interview right after the news will be from controversial, outspoken professional wrestler David Starr. I really like this interview a lot. It was recorded a week and a half ago, so I sound very good in the interview. Also, right after the David Starr interview, we're going to air our first interview uh, from Michael Weissman's trip at StarCast. Michael, we're going to play your interview with MJF here today. Oof.
1: Yeah, MJF, dude. I know we're going to talk a little bit about more about him on the show today. Um, that that media scrum, the interview, that was a, a fantastic thing because when he is right in your face, and you can sense it in the room, you know this, you've been there, sure. but when he is right there in your face, and at this this interview, you're literally face-to-face with MJF, <laughs> the media justice, like he has a presence, and nobody wants to ask anything. They're like, oh my God, what's he going to do? So um, got a couple of plugs in, um, or we got a couple of a good questions in, I should say. Uh, he he kind of tried to berate me at some point because I accused him of losing to um, Adam Page. So um, that was fun. It was it was a fun interview. Listen you're, to
0: it. You're a jerk. All right. Well, uh, we'll have both those interviews here today after the news. David Starr and MJF here on the show. What outspoken personalities to start the week off with, Michael.
1: Mm, very outspoken. Um, <laughs> much like you today. You're literally out of speaking.
0: <laughs> okay. You're all out of speaking. Let me let me explain what happened with my voice. So, on Thursday, I went to the press conference for AEW, and I didn't get to say anything. That had nothing to do with my voice. The press conference was a bit all over the place, for those of you that did not get the chance to check out the AEW all-out press conference. Then the next day, I came back Friday. You got into town. You were very busy. You were very active with the scrums and the interviews. I then hosted the StarCast improv show at 10 o'clock that night. Which was awesome. Let me just give you huge, huge, huge props for that. Not because I like
1: you, not because whatever else. If you weren't there, if you didn't go to this and you were in town, you missed out. It was a ton of fun. And I'm going to say this, Nick, you know, I'm honest with you. I was like, this should be interesting. I did not expect it to be as funny as it was. You had some great local talents there. Uh, I just enjoyed the hell of it, honestly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we aim for at StarCast Improv. But if you were there like you were, Michael, you know that I was very loud the entire show as I was hosting it. So I was very loud there. Then the next day I went to All Out and, uh, you know, did the scrums. Uh, and then uh, then on y- y- last night, uh, I was at, or not last night, Sunday night, I went and called, did commentary for Warrior Wrestling 6 with Rich Bikini. Great show. Very enjoyable. But I talked for three and a half, four hours. Also very loud. And uh, I blew my voice out doing Warrior Wrestling commentary. You wouldn't notice it from the show. The show sounds fine. But when I got home, almost immediately, I felt like a knot form in my throat. And my girlfriend, Liz, is an opera singer. And she told me that I burst one of my – like blew out one of my vocal cords. So I've not been really talking the last day and a half. I was actually hoping that it would be good for the show here today. Obviously, it, it is as I'm capable of talking, but it was very, very painful, and uh, I felt like a big knot in my throat. So that's why I sound like garbage today, just because I've been talking and running around and pushing myself for four straight days, but it was all worth it, Michael. It was all worth it.
1: I, you know, we're, I, I got your back here, Nick. We're gonna, we're still gonna have some good show. Um, I, I'm gonna bring some energy too. But you just sound, okay. you sound so sad.
0: I'm not sad. I'm very happy. I'm in a good. Wrestling mood. is so good. I love it so much. Uh, uh, all right. It's still real to me. Damn it. All right. All right. Enough with the jokes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, You're that's... good, Nick. Take, I'm sorry. Take it away. I feel like I'm trying to deadpan make jokes right now, and they're. I'm just sounding like a dick. All right. <laughs> um. Let's get to it here. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. <laughs> I feel like everything I say sounds so sad. I'm like spitting my water over here. Oh. Okay. Are you ready for fun? Here, yes. Here, here comes. <laughs> Let's talk about AEW All Out, the big show of the weekend. Uh, we have a, our first ever AEW world champion, Chris Jericho. Uh, he took on Adam Page in the main event. We had referee Aubrey Edwards uh, doing the officiating, uh, a female referee, for this big bout, which I thought was great. Uh, She has announced on Twitter that she is now a full-time AEW referee, and on top of all of that, presidential candidate Andrew Yang has congratulated Chris Jericho and says that he hopes that he and AEW make the pro wrestling business more talent-friendly. I thought this was the right call. I like Jericho on top, going into AEW on TNT. What did you think of the win here, and what did you think of the match, Michael?
1: the match was fine you know it was a good it wasn't great i think it was what it needed to be um it was it was preceded by two really great matches the cody rhodes match and of course the young bucks match so uh, young bucks lucha bros let's give credit to both parties there but yeah preceded by two really great high energy matches coming into this one this one is a little bit more of your tr- traditional and i would almost say wwe-esque kind of match so it was a fine match but the ending that was the right call it made jericho look strong i hate to see page lose cuz everybody's very high on page but you absolutely want jericho as the face of this company you know y- you build in the chase you're going into tv a lot of people are going to be wanting that spot wanting to fight against chris jericho so that gives you some built-in storylines whereas if page goes into the the tv tape or the tv broadcast as your champion i think it limits you a little bit more creatively so i like the call here and again People are like critical of AEW, not people, lots of people, but like, you know, that weird section of the Internet wrestling fandom that we all have to talk about. Right. They're very critical of of AEW because they're like, oh, look, it's just WWE. They're going into their legends or whatever. Here's what I'll tell you guys. Rode in lots of Ubers um, in in the Chicagoland area, by the way, some of the nicest Uber drivers in the world loved it. But when they would ask me what I was in town for, and they would ask me about the wrestling event, and they would be like, oh, who's wrestling? And they say, is it WWE? No, it's not. It's AEW. I'd have to explain the whole thing. When I told them who was on the roster, they did not know anybody, right? Casual fans who know WWE, or not fans, but people who know WWE at least, did not know anybody. But when I would say Chris Jericho, they're like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. So AEW getting a little bit more mainstream attention by going this route, and I think it's what they need as they're still trying to build up their fan base.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I I was a big fan of, of Chris getting the the win here, and uh, I I think you're right. I think it creatively opens them up to a lot more, having a lot of guys going after Chris and and him him warding them off there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, who his first uh, uh, competition is. You know, I feel bad for Page, but uh, in the post show scrum, uh, when Page was reflecting on his loss, uh, Pac interfered and in, or in, you know came into the room and. Uh, had a big moment there with Paige, so it looks like Paige will spin off into a, a feud there with Pac, who looks really strong. Pac got the surprising win over Kenny Omega at the show, and uh, I thought it was really nice. It was something unexpected, and I, I was happy to see uh, Pac get the victory there. I mean, Kenny Omega's Kenny Omega. It's not going to affect him one way or another if he uh, if he gets that loss there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I typically agree with that. Kenny Omega's lost a lot since coming into the company, and he was without a doubt one of the hottest properties in AEW, so I'm a little bit worried about it. Uh, And that match was fine. I don't think it got where it was going. I I think that they spent a little bit too much time doing stuff outside the ring and kind of, you know, doing whatever him and and Han. So it seems like they're saving some for a rematch there. But, yeah, good for Pac. Right. Good for Pac there. Yeah,
0: Very good for Pac. Uh, uh, Now let's switch over to the uh, AEW women's title uh, uh, picture here. Um, We we know who's going to be facing off for the uh, AEW women's championship on the first episode of AEW on TNT uh nyla rose won the casino battle royal very impressive fashion here was one of the first women into the match went the distance at a lot of powerful spots i really liked the women's casino battle royal i thought odb was great odb jazz got great reactions here awesome kong obviously was a, a big factor here i was kind of surprised she didn't get the victory but again kind of like kenny omega in my opinion i think awesome kong is awesome kong doesn't really need it uh but yeah nyla rose won the casino battle royal and rio won the uh Uh, Women's match later on the show So we'll have Rio versus Nyla Rose For the AEW Women's Championship Um, Very interesting matchup here Uh, Rio is just so much smaller Than Nyla Rose Um, I I have a feeling they're going to put the belt On Nyla here Tony Khan spoke so highly of her in the scrums afterwards And uh, I just think it's a good uh, Positive piece of business there To put the title on Nyla right now Yeah, Nyla
1: is—it seems like they've put her out in front of the media a lot and and given her a lot of speaking time, and she is super excited to be there. You know, this matchup, to your point, a weird matchup. I wonder what kind of chemistry they're going to draw from this. But, you know, it seems like they also wanted to give Rio a spot here, which is, is cool, right? Uh, there was somebody I heard in the bathroom Saturday night say, you know, man, uh, he was like, oh, we only have a few matches left. And he was he said, I'm not a racist, but I have no interest in Japanese women wrestling. So just as a, a point here, never say I'm an, I'm not a racist and followed up with an essentially racist statement by generalizing all people together without uh, knowing anything about it. Right. So sure. um, but but I do appreciate to that point, AW willing to spotlight some talent that American audiences aren't accustomed to seeing and i think that does speak to what they're trying to do with this company which is not just be not just be the wwe right wwe is trying to go global in their own way but aw wants to bring in international talent and give them a home here in a way that maybe hasn't happened and you could
0: let them get spotlighted so I, I do like it from that perspective um also uh, on the show we got some uh, uh, new blood in the tag team division santina santana and ortiz uh formerly lax uh, debuted following the Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks match, attacking the Lucha Brothers who had won the bout. Um, I, now, I had a lot of people ask me if they're going to be able to call be able to call themselves uh, LAX. I've uh, been asking around, and I, I asked in the scrum as well. And uh, for right now, they're just Santana and Ortiz. And I know that Impact will allow talents to take their monikers outside of their promotion, but this isn't something that Santana and Ortiz came up with. It was a gimmick that was given to them by by Conan uh and la or and impact so i don't know if they're going to be able to go by lax i don't really think it's that important in my opinion um but yeah santana and ortiz uh big debut there huge reaction from the crowd these guys are going to be great i think in the AEW tag division
1: i actually kind of like it if they don't go by lax right i know people make a big deal about wrestlers and tag teams bringing over their gimmicks but if if, if they come up with something new that's just as catchy I'm not worried about it as all that the talent will speak for itself here. And everybody knows that they are formally known as LAX and you know, LAX is very closely tied to impact in TNA's history. So maybe a fresh coat of paint's not a bad thing.
0: Uh, also, uh, Wardlow has been announced as joining AEW. They ran a promo video for him on social media shortly before all out uh, went live. Now a lot of fans not familiar with Wardlow. I actually got to call the action. Wardlow uh, was in action at warrior wrestling six on Sunday night, big Powerhouse of a man, looks like a superstar, acts like a superstar. I'm not surprised by this. I think that people are going to be in for a surprise when they get to see Wardlow on their TV.
1: He adds a, you know, not very well known, but he does add a certain dynamic presence to the roster. That you look at who all they have on there, a bunch of younger, smaller guys who can really go fast, and he seems a little bit more like a powerhouse. What little bit I I know about Wardlow.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. He's. He's a big, powerful man uh aw also announced their next pay-per-view full gear it's going to come to baltimore in november um so you know that'll you know i, I don't know if I, I don't know if i like the name for <laughs> full gear you know it sounds like a wwe b show but, right <laughs> but uh there we go aw full gear pay-per-view in november They've got so
1: many great names i think is what's disappointing about this that it, it does really feel like the February pay per view that WWE overlooks on the road to WrestleMania. So.
0: Yeah, and that'll be in November, which will be the same month as Survivor Series. So we'll be in full swing there. Be interested to, to see what they do at full gear. Um, also, in the post show scrums, Tony Khan commented on a couple things coming out of the show. Well, one thing that, that was asked of him is what happened with Kylie Ray, who's not been on the show and she seems to have disappeared. She's deleted her social media accounts. Tony Khan confirmed that Kylie Ray has requested her AEW release, she was granted it. And we don't know what's going on here, Michael. And a lot of people want to know what's going on with Kylie Ray. Uh, it seems to be her own personal business. Um, doesn't want to comment on it. But uh, sending our best out to Kylie, it does sound like something's going on right now. You know.
1: It, yeah, it sounds a little bit, you know, pure speculation, maybe something personal here that nobody else really knows about. So. But, yeah, good on, on Tony Khan AW for, for addressing it directly. They released her, and that's it's
0: all we know, right? That's all yeah, we know. That's all we know. Uh, and also coming out of the scrums of note – um, uh, um, the one of the German journalists asked Tony Khan about Cody's dog, Pharaoh, who looked terrified of the pyro and was, like, dragged down the uh, entrance ramp that it looked like there. And Tony Khan confirmed that this will you know, as much as they like having Pharaoh at the shows, I don't think we're going to see Pharaoh coming down to the ring with Cody anymore after the way that all played out. And he kind of put the heat on Cody, too, saying this was his idea and that Brandy was very upset, too. So uh, good. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's interesting with AEW, like, the amount of things they're doing that, uh, you know, the unprotected chair shots to the head and, you know, the uh, the animals to the ring and, you know, the cigarettes, which I obviously don't really like. I feel like a lot of that stuff is going to get pulled back on now. And I don't think we're going to see animals in the EW in the in the future.
1: Yeah, I know this has been a hallmark of Cody and it's kind of played in his persona because of how much how much access we have to Cody in his personal life. And we've had since being the lead and so on and so forth. So I get why he wants to have Pharaoh there. There was something about maybe one of the – I heard that one of the – he tweeted one of the big power shots wasn't supposed to go out, right, or something like that, so it was a little bit unexpected. The thing that I question is why – Pharaoh, you could see where I was sitting – Probably where you were saying too, Pharaoh got scared immediately. And at that point, just take the dog to the back and just let him be, right? You don't need him for that entrance. He he didn't really add a ton to it. You could have still done all that. So pulling him out, I think, was a mistake. Small issue, right? Uh, You know, these kinds of things happen. I'm not going to nitpick this too much, but glad to hear Cody tweet out on Sunday. Pharaoh still made his appearance at the uh, animal shelter or whatever it was they were doing. So, um, you know, dog seems okay. But But, yeah, yeah, fireworks and
0: dogs, not good. Yeah, the dog should not have been forced in that situation. But, yes, you know. yeah. Anyway, um, also coming out of AAW Weekend, CM Punk did his uh, much-hyped panel. Uh, you were actually at the CM Punk panel where he revealed yes. that he has no interest in talking to WWE and that he won't be at all out, and he was not at all out. What do you think of Punk's uh, StarCast panel?
1: I sent this tweet out shortly after the ending of it, but Punk sounds like a guy. Number one, is a great panel from top to bottom. You heard Punk praise it. I think Mike Johnson uh, did a great job at at hosting that panel. And uh, the questions were right. CM Punk was very open, very forthcoming. Told some hilarious stories. If you haven't seen this panel, find a way to get it. He talked to this great Tony Atlas story about a time CM Punk went back down to OVW. And if you know Tony Atlas at all, it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect. So uh, a ton of great tidbits. Um, You mentioned here the one about, Him, Of course, he wasn't on All Out. He said he wasn't going to be. He was not, right? But the one about him, no interest in talking to WWE, he seems very miffed. Now, he he seemed, I should say, he used to be very miffed about the way all that was handled and the way he was kind of suspended for walking out and nobody called him. But what he said was, you know, I would not answer the phone. He seems like he has no real interest in trying to engage that conversation. But he said, you know, he said, if the phone were to ring, I would answer it, right? So he would have that conversation. But he does not sound like he is a guy that is ready to jump back into the world of wrestling. He seems very, very, very happy with the challenge of, you know, he has a movie coming out. The Girl on the Third Floor here in uh, he won't give, you know, I think it's in November. Um, it's kind of making the festival circuit right now. Or maybe it's October. So he seems very happy with the challenge of acting ahead of him. He's mentioned some possible other movie roles that he has coming out here. Uh, and so, yeah, man, I mean, he doesn't need wrestling. You know, he's been out of it for a while. I don't know – as a wrestling fan, I think I would temper my expectations. Now, it reminds me a lot of when people were saying Stone Cold should get back into the ring. Stone Cold should get back into the ring, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. And I think that's where we are seeing Punk, right? If he comes back into the ring, it will be more surprising than me than if he stays away forever, and that's kind of my big takeaway from this panel. Do
0: you think they will see him on the AEW and TNT debut?
1: I do not, and, and part of that's because, again, he's got a movie going around right now. That he's, that's on the festival circuit, another movie kind of getting ready to come out shortly mm-hmm. behind that one. I don't think he's going to sign with AEW, honestly. Okay. Because you look at Saturday night, there wasn't a huge surprise. LAX, maybe. Um, but otherwise, there wasn't a huge surprise. It would have been a great spot for CM Punk. And I think if Tony Khan had plans to use him on the TV tapings, I think he would have called the Audible once Moxley had to pull out and pull Punk in for that show sure. since it was in Chicago anyway.
0: Sure. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, just interesting. Just Just. Just, uh, you know, and I don't think the show needed it. I thought the Jericho ending was nice. I thought LAX was a good pop. I think yeah, Punk may have honestly maybe distracted a little bit from Jericho's big win. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was great. I don't think he needed it, and, you know, hopefully everybody's happy. Uh, AEW did announce that they have signed Dustin Rhodes to a multi-year contract as a performer, promo coach, and a match producer. Uh, big hire here. not un- Not surprising, obviously, since Dustin's done so much with AEW. Uh, but congratulations to him. He'll bring a lot uh, backstage into the ring. And I wonder if they uh, continue to use him in, in stories with Cody or they're going to venture out. I'd love to see him in a sunny kiss mix it up for sure. You know?
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And also, he's, he's people. Dis, Dustin Rhodes is so great in the ring and people overlook that so often because of his gimmicks kind of being over the top, gold dust, whatever else. So I'm glad that he is in this position because he really he can go.
0: And our, our pivot uh, discussion here, we'll start moving into the WWE a little bit. Uh, the Observer re- reporting that WWE booked Steve Austin for Madison Square Garden in hopes of selling out the venue uh, because it is very important to WWE that they sell out Madison Square Garden since apparently, I guess, they're trying to stop AEW from running Madison Square Garden. And I understand that, but for, for me, I, I mean, I get it. Like, it's, you know, home turf for you. There's emotional significance, but... It's just a building, in my opinion. I don't think it's a big deal who runs it anymore. I mean, the the, the levy has burst here. You know, a Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA—they've all run the Garden now. It's just another big venue, and it, it's not even—it's not even a perf- particularly desirable venue from everybody I've heard, with how expensive it is to run there. So I, I I get it, I get it, but I don't get it. I don't think it's a big deal if AEW runs the Garden or not, in my opinion. I
1: feel like this is one of those Vince McMahonisms, right? To Vince McMahon. Madison Square Garden is their home turf. He, he gets these things. I don't know Vince McMahon personally, but the appearance on the outside is he gets these things in his mind, and it's got to be a certain way. It's like whenever he didn't want to, for a hot minute, have wrestling matches go over commercial breaks anymore. It's got to be that way all of a sudden. Oh, we've got to no more matches over commercials, right? And I think this is one of those things. Madison Square Garden's our turf. AEW shouldn't run there. And they're probably still pissed that Ring of Honor and New Japan sold it out earlier this year. So – I think it's just, again, one of those things. It's a sticking point for him, so they're going to do what they can do, but it seems to me a little bit like misplaced resources. There are a lot of other bigger fish to fry in the world of professional wrestling. But at the end of the day, we get to see Stone Cold Steve Austin back in a WWE ring, uh, you know, again, doing what he does, helping promote a big match for Clash of Champions. So, yeah, whatever.
0: Um, also, uh, we had Raw last night. A um, couple, couple items coming out of Monday Night Raw. Uh, the big item at the very end of the show, Bailey now officially turning heel, taking a steel chair, attacking um, uh, Becky Lynch with uh, Sasha Banks uh, laughing in the corner there. So we have officially now a full-on Bailey heel turn. I think this is incredible. I'm very interested to see where they go with it. Um, I wouldn't say this is tantamount to, to John Cena turning heel, but it's pretty close. This has been a white meat baby face that the fans really been behind, especially kids. Very unlike WWE to do something like this, and I'm I'm very excited to see where they go with a a, a full-on heel Bayley.
1: Yeah, it's it's a new avenue for her, and I think that Bayley is, you know, she was so over in NXT, and then on the main roster, she kind of had fits and and spurts where she's been there, and the fans have been receptive, and then times where WWE has done nothing with her. So if anything, I'm just happy to see WWE double down on Bayley and give her something meaty to do you know the angle with Sasha Banks builds into what Sasha Banks has already been doing over the last couple of weeks it ties back into them being a tag team and being friends earlier this year so there's kind of this great full circle moment for both Bailey and Sasha Banks especially after fans were so speculative coming after Manny and their big loss there of the tag team women's championships so I loved it I I think Bailey sold it she did a great job Sasha Banks also helped sell it beating up a fan favorite and Becky Lynch even cements Bailey's status even further, but I actually think what it's going to do is is make fans gravitate towards Bailey even more because not, maybe not they're not going she's going to get cheered every time. But fans love these kind of raw moments for characters that have been very conservative for a long time.
0: Uh, we also got Bray Wyatt, the latest Firefly Flunhu- Firefly Funhouse. Oh my God! Is... <laughs> Try not Play to that to... five times fast. <laughs> I'm trying not to call out how shitty my voice is right now, but it's... <laughs> little things are hard for me. You're doing good. You're doing good. Thanks, buddy. Bray Wyatt has confirmed that he's going to challenge the winner of of Braun versus Seth at Clash to a match at Hell in a Cell. This was like the most terrifying Bray Wyatt promo we've gotten yet. They're obviously not pulling back on the the scarier aspects of Bray. Um, It just seems too soon for me. Um, I don't know why this feels weird to me. Um, If he doesn't win the title here it's going to really stilt his momentum, but I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to put the belt on him here. And uh, I think, I think that he's going to go up against Seth. I don't see Braun as the guy right now for him to beat.
1: Yeah. I think it feels weird to you. For the same reason it feels weird to me. And it's because this feels like almost like a corporate decision, right? Bray Wyatt he is called his it out. Or- he
0: shoved money in the little puppet Vince's mouth. He was like, eat it up Vince. You love eating <laughs> money. You're a little money grubber.
1: <laughs> I mean, right, 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 right. And, and, The character of Bray Wyatt has felt so organic for so long, right? The Fiend has felt like this raw, real thing that we don't always get a peek to. And now he's being booked in a title match because of how popular he is. And that just feels very, like, the antithesis of what this character should be for the most part. So I think that's why it feels weird. Also, he's not, he's had, what, one real match (laughs) since being on the main roster? Or, Or since being a new character, I should say. I think that's why it feels weird. But obviously they see money in him either way you go with this, I think you're right, Nick. Bray Wyatt's got to win, right? And I think he's got to beat Seth.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happens here if Bray loses. I can't see The Fiend losing. So I don't know. They obviously are just putting the rocket on this guy and just going to try to cash in on it. So, you know, good on him. Uh, Steve Austin, uh, speaking of Braun and Seth, uh, has been announced for the contract signing between Seth and Braun next week uh, ahead of their WWE Clash of Champions match. A lot of Steve Austin, man uh i'm gonna guess that he's continuing to do as much as he is because they're promoting his new steve austin show on usa network but just a lot of steve austin i'm I'm wondering what's behind this renewed relationship here between the two i don't want to speculate
1: right because speculation is what the dirt sheets do but you know it does feel like their partnership has gotten stronger especially since raw reunion yeah and um you know you know here's here's what i will say in this dream scenario we talk about CM Punk panel, and he mentioned in the panel, there was a sliver of time where him and Austin always had that match. He said they were talking about it for a minute, and it didn't come to fruition. I'm not saying Steve Austin's in any kind of ring shape, but wouldn't you want to show you're firing back against AEW? You put that dream match out there, AEW, I mean, uh, CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Going into Mania
0: season next year, that would be a hard one to top. I don't think Punk's going to come back to WWE. You seem pretty adamant about that. But Steve Austin versus somebody else, you know, Steve Austin, Kevin Owens, that seems to be the the direction I would think they would go. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that for sure. Yeah, especially with the the stunner, stunner kind of thing. Um, Samoa Joe and Ricochet had their quarterfinal match for King of the Ring. It ended with a double pinfall. kind of out of nowhere as they both fell off the top top turnbuckle there. Um, This set up... uh, Vince is really he's must be getting in football mode this felt so much like an NFL referee what happened here with John Cone afterwards grabbing the headset you know making his decision later on and Corbin now is going to be in a triple threat match in the semifinals against Joe and Ricochet next week Uh, uh I thought this was uh you know it was interesting it definitely was different um but I think Corbin will get the victory here
1: Yeah, sometimes WWE referees really like they they have a lot of power sometimes, and sometimes it feels like they have no power. So uh, the internal logic of the WWE world is weird to me, but it's what makes it a more sports entertainment version of pro wrestling. So I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. and I think the triple threat match here gives you something to look forward to for next week. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting and it's something different on what was kind of otherwise a standard show until the end. So I dig it. I like it.
0: Yeah, I you know what? I take that back. I think Ricochet is going to win this one here. I think him overcoming the odds of having to beat two heels as he rolls into a match with uh, Andrade for the finals. I think that, you know, that's probably closer to what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. I will. Right, well, yeah, could be. Yeah, they're, they're they're they do like Ricochet. So could yeah. be. Um, we got some new Clash of the Champions or Clash of Champions matches here. Becky Lynch will officially defend her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. Miz is going to take on Shinsuke for the IC title, and it is now official the Revival will take on Biggie and Xavier Woods for the SmackDown Tag Titles. On paper, I think this is going to be a pretty good show. Actually, I think I'm sure it'll be a very good show here. And I thought that the uh, little bit of fire they put on Becky Sasha here at the end with Bailey turning heel was nice. Um, I wonder if they put the title at Sasha Banks here. You know.
1: You would almost be a fool not to, and I, you know, Becky's a great champion. She has been a great champion, but you go with where there is money, and there is money in Sasha Banks right now. And I do think this card is coming together quite nicely. I was a, a little bit critical of the SummerSlam card going into it because it felt very wash, rinse, repeat. But Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks should be a great match. I like the matchup Miz and Shinsuke. Um, the SmackDown tag team title picture is a little bit more interesting now. So there are, you know, some fresh stuff going on and some things, maybe some old built-in feuds and some fresh new feuds. And that's what you want in a pay-per-view. I know Clash of Champions has turned into a B-level pay-per-view, but this seems like one that could be a, a sleeper, uh, you know, sleeper pay-per-view, one of the best of the year.
0: Um, we have an update here on the pairing of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. The Observer reporting that, uh, Roode being paired with Ziggler was a Paul Heyman's idea. Uh, apparently, the raw win last week with the two was meant to be somewhat of a showcase to get Root over uh, after he was slotted as uh, you know as a nobody on the card for so long. Um, you know, I, I get that. Um, very weird. I, Dol- Dolph Ziggler just kind of seems to be down for anything at the moment. Like I'm really enjoying this Dolph Ziggler run, where it's just like, whatever you want me to do. You want me to lose to Goldberg five times in a row? Let's do it. You want me to pair with Bobby Root? I'm down. Pay me. Let me go do my comedy stuff. Very interesting.
1: I think for so long as Dolph Ziggler fan here, and, and I know a lot of you guys out there are, we all wanted Ziggler to have that spot on the top for a sustained amount of time, and we never got it. And I think he's kind of come to terms with maybe that's not his role. And he's just enjoying the ride, right? But keep in mind, he's still getting to wrestle guys like Goldberg, which is a big spot. He He's being paired up and, and going after titles, and he's being used weekly and being paid for it. So I, I'm not critical of this. Ziggler makes everybody around him look good. And so I'm just happy to see him being used week after week after week.
0: Agreed. Uh, well, we have an update on another tag team here. Uh, so the rumor flared up. Thanks to Meltzer on Thursday that Enzo and Cass were in talks at WWE for a return to NXT. And if you listen to past Thursday's show, you know that I was uh, I thought that was a very stupid idea. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I guess WWE thought it was as well, because about as soon as I finished the show on Thursday, WWE put out an official statement saying that there was no truth to these talks. They denied Any communications with Enzo and Cass about a return? PWInsider.com is reporting that there is no basis for the report. There were never any talks. Uh, TalkSport sat down with Triple H for an interview over the weekend where Triple H said the following regarding Enzo and Cass. I immediately told our PR to shoot down the Enzo and Cass rumors. Absolutely zero interest. Congrats to Enzo. I'm sure spreading rumors is working well for him, but I want no part of it. Cass responded to WWE shooting down the rumors by tweeting out, idiots, with a laughing face emoji. These guys are dicks. They don't belong in the business. I don't want them in WWE. I don't want them in NXT. I personally wish that even our own website, Wrestling Inc., would stop running news about them. Because, again, it just seems like Info will say anything to keep himself in the headlines. And we are keeping him alive. So, uh, stop. These people are garbage. And I don't want them in, in professional wrestling anymore.
1: I mean, people make the argument, "Hey, he's a great talker. God, he did so much, blah blah blah." Yeah, but at a certain point, his negativity, the toxicity that surrounds him, that's not where we are. Professional wrestling in 2019, and by keeping the spotlight on him, we are perpetuating somebody who really goes into business for themselves so often that they are a detriment to any company they're associated with.
0: Yeah, you know, can't, Joey Janela goes over to this guy, tries to make good, shake his hand. What's he try? What's he do? Try to punch him in the face? That's that's the sign of a true professional right there. The Enzo Amore, Jesus. Um, also in this talk sport interview, um, Triple H denied uh, the rumors that Vince is going to put it more of his fingerprints on NXT, and he's going to come in and, and try to make it more like Raw and SmackDown. He said that Vince is pretty much just letting him do what he needs to do. Uh, he is helping a bit with marketing, but that's about it. So that's from the voice, that's from the, the horse's mouth right there, Triple H shooting down that rim, rumor, which I thought was very important, especially right now. And it, 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 it's quite frankly, it's got me very optimistic here about what we can expect from NXT on USA.
1: Yeah, number one, you just call Triple H a horse. So there you go. From the Um, the horse's mouth. What? I said
0: from the horse's mouth. From the horse's mouth. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, This is one of those things
1: I absolutely 100% believe Triple H here. My question is, NXT debuts... What if the ratings are, you know, they're not great, but they kind of simmer around, uh, you know, that 1.0 mark. Maybe they don't break up too much more. At what point does Vince McMahon start exerting a little bit more control? You know, maybe he doesn't. But if they start going on the road and you see Vince kind of wanting to see those ratings go up a little bit more, Vince always feels like kind of he's the guy who knows everything. And so and he has a ton of experience, obviously. Um, So I think now that's true. But in the long term, does Vince ever get impatient and start kind of doing his thing?
0: Yeah, I guess we'll say. I don't, I don't know, unless the radians are bad, but I don't think that'll be the case. So, yeah, sure. time will tell. Um, the LLC owned by uh, Rick Flair has filed for the trademark to The Man. He filed on that Filed that back on August 26th. Uh, Becky Lynch responded to that filing by saying, I am the man, to which Flair responded by saying, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Hashtag already trademarked. Well, this could get sticky. Um, I would imagine that they're not that Rick's not gonna interfere on Becky Lynch's push or anything and, and tell her not to use this moniker. But interesting that Rick is filing for this right now, you know?
1: Yeah, it's is it's it's almost like he wants to protect his revenue stream, right? I do not believe Rick wants to interfere with Becky Lynch, but I also think Rick likes money. Rick right. has many many times needed money in recent years, and so that trademark is a money move. You know, Becky Lynch, though, God God bless her. She's all over the place with this The Man gimmick. She was calling out Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's new album has a song on it called The Man. And, and she kind of got there on Twitter and did a little bit of a Twitter back and forth with her. So, you know, I love Lynch living the gimmick here and calling out anybody and everybody who uses this.
0: Uh, and lastly here, Squared Circle Sirens reporting that NXT's Casey Car- Karen Zaro, I probably butchered that. Uh, is leaving wwe due to a back injury uh casey had a phenomenal performance in the wwe women's royal rumble uh back in january she's currently dating ricochet uh i was i was bummed to hear this one man again like i just thought she was just so great in that rumble match she had that cool spot where she walked on her hands uh so i i was looking forward to see her come to the main roster here but i guess that's not gonna be the case um unfortunate
1: Real life sometimes, you know, unfortunately derails great wrestlers and great storylines and great possibilities. And it's like that with everything, you know. Hopefully, Casey Karen's art. She's a huge super athlete, right? She can do a ton of things, so I'm sure she'll be fine after this.
0: So, um, let's we'll, we'll see where she ends up. My guess at this time is a former CZW World Heavyweight Champion, RPW British Cruiserweight Champion, the winner of Progress Wrestling's 2019 Super Strong Style Tournament. It is David Starr. David, thank you very much for taking the time today.
2: Thank you very much. dude. It's funny. You said CZW uh, World Heavyweight Champion, and I was like, wait, no, I wasn't. And then I realized I was for one match yeah. in the middle of a tournament. Yeah. Ah. Yeah.
0: I got, to, <laughs> I got a
2: chance to do some research
0: into you, and I got to look – uh, through your accolades and David you're only like 27 years old but you've had quite a
2: career as it is right now you know that that's the thing is uh, I'm over here in the I want st- to I want to take credit for being 27 but I'm actually 28 oh my bad all right Three, see I didn't yeah. do the best
0: possible research
2: um but you know I'm over, I'm over I'm
0: over here in the states you're over in the UK right now you know you're just now I feel like truly breaking out here over in the states in the past year or so for those that aren't familiar how would you describe David Starr
2: how would I describe David Starr? Wow, what a! Uh, there's so many different directions that I can go in here. Could I go with the standard millennial "I hate myself" uh, mm. thing, or could I go with the standard professional wrestler "I love myself" <laughs> thing? Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> how do I describe? How do I describe myself? I'm just, I'm just the guy who I, I I love pro wrestling. I. I'm very, uh, as you know, I'm very political. Um, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeves and I wear my politics on my sleeve. So I, I guess the best way to describe me is I, I, I oh man, this is such a, such a thing that a disingenuous person says, but I don't know how else to say it. I just feel like I'm a genuine person. I say what I, I say what I think. I say what I believe. Uh, I allow people to judge me for it and I keep myself open for that criticism and I listen to it. Um, yeah, man, that's a what a wide, wild way to describe myself. But wrestler who likes rest who likes wrestling. I like to make it as realistic as possible, while also still having some fun if uh, if that me- if that situation presents itself. And, uh, I, and I and I and I and I take on a lot of criticism because I leave myself open for it based on being very vocal about my politics
0: yeah you know and uh, i did i saw you at progress in toronto that was the last time i saw you um and you had you had like eight different monikers that you got brought to the ring with you know you're so many different so things many. So it doesn't surprise me that it's hard for you to describe yourself um
2: i have i think i have like 15 monikers yeah it's a lot you have a lot of monikers
0: mm-hmm. i
2: love apollo creed man <laughs>
0: Um, now who were the, who were the mentors and trainers that molded you, David? I'm interested in that because you really are outspoken in a way that really nobody else is in pro wrestling.
2: Well, none of them were like that. Um, of all the people that I, like that I give credit to for training me, um, none of them were that way. Uh, as far as being vocal about things, uh, not related to the business or focused about things that are very much related to the business but i think the difference is that i speak on i speak publicly on actual business related issues not like creative differences between this company and this company because i think that's kind of that's had its place people have done that a million times like hey you know i love the john moxley podcast right like it was sick it was great i loved hearing it it's good insight for wrestlers and fans alike uh as to what what it's like to be a creative within that uh corporate wrestling and envi- that particular corporate wrestling environment but i'm more focused on the actual business of the business that uh shows that you know wrestlers have been exploited forever uh throughout the history of this industry i should say and so my my trainers the people i give credit to training me are actually it's quite a plethora of people my i originally trained at the wild Smoan training center in allentown pennsylvania under head shrinker samu and uh he was my head, he was my head trainer along with, uh, Tommy Swade. Uh, and there was another guy who helped, who helped me out in the very beginning. His name is supremely great, but, uh, he, there's a lot of whatever. and don't need, need to mention things about, about him. Uh, but then I went to the CZW school under DJ Hyde and Drew Gulak and Masada. Uh, and then as well as I received mentorship, uh, not really direct training, but mentorship from Sammy Callahan, and Adam Cole. Those are kind of the people that I generally give credit to being like my trainers.
0: And how do these people feel about you going out and saying the, the controversial things that you do? And we'll get to some of the specific stuff here in, in just a little bit, but the, what is the general reaction you get from your elders, your superiors in the business for saying the things you do?
2: Well, you know, the, the thing is that most of them, t- to be perfectly honest, most of them don't say that much to me about it. And because the things I'm saying aren't, actually uh like controversial behind the curtain the things that i say are not controversial behind the curtain we've been having these conversations for longer than you know than i've ever been a part of like longer than i've ever been quote a part of the business um way longer these are issues that have been presenting themselves for so long can i i, I know that from just recently i had a conversation with the rock and roll express and they talked about how they face these same issues uh, as far as profit shares and royalty splits or lack thereof royalties in general. Uh, yeah, they—they, they, this has been going on forever. So thats they don't really say much. The only one who's ever expressed any sort of uh, public or private uh, conversation with me about some these things is Sammy. And Sammy did that really stupid uh, signed talent thing that he put out there to kind of combat my – Uh, we the independent thing or quote what people have been calling it the independent movement. Um, And yeah, and that was just a ridiculous point of view. It's like, uh, like bragging that you're signed and I'm like, that's cool, man. Like you should be happy that you're signed, but you know what I want to do and what my, what this movement wants to do is ensure that the guys that are signed are getting the most out of their exclusivity or getting the most out of their contract or getting the most out of the corporate entity that, kind of owns them. Um, that's kind of what we want out of it. We want to make sure these contracts that are being given uh, are fair, they're, mutu- they're legitimately mutually beneficial, and that's really what we're trying to focus on. So an idea of putting out a signed talent thing as if it is uh, the antithesis of We the Independent or this independent movement, it's ridiculous because this is not a worker war. This, When I say us versus them, I'm not talking about you know, like, uh, signed guys versus indie or indie guys versus signed guys or anything like that. I'm talking about the workers being united to help fight for us getting what we deserve as a labor force, as profit generators. Um, and part of that comes with providing some sort of safety net to, to actually legitimately have the freedom of choice when offered a corporate contract. Cause right now, the way the business is, and I know I'm getting on a whole thing. Here, no, no, it's just, I want to go for, it. um, right now the way the business is, is you're independent. All the risk is entirely on you. And there's part of it That's, that's acceptable. You know, there's obviously going to be a risk with not having a steady paycheck and all that. Well, what I want to do is make sure that being independent is a viable option, that it's not really the choice between being starving and, and or selling yourself to a corporate entity for for a quarter of your worth what you are to them you know what I mean or like whatever that number would be worth to them because the like you just see it now I mean look at WWE they have ever since AEW started offering people a lot of people in main roster according to reports have gotten double their salaries doubled Well, that means that they've always had the money there, right? They just now all of a sudden feel this pressure. They've always had the money there. Hell, with these new TV deals, they could probably be paying these guys millions each, even guys who are sitting on the sidelines. But rather than do that, they want to give this appearance that they're actually being good to their workers by upping their salary, but still not giving them long-term sustainable benefits such as pensions and health care and things like that. So... what we're trying to fight for is to say, hey, if you're signed to a corporate corporate contract, we want to make sure you do get the benefits that you deserve that could be paid for. And on the same note, we want to provide a, a safety net to be able to st- stay independent if that's what you want to do and actually have a legitimate choice, not just, oh, well, if I stay independent, then I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not. I apologize. Say whatever you but want. It's just um, cool. Uh, if you stay independent and you get hurt, you're totally fucked. Versus uh, the idea of, oh, I can go to this corporate, this corporate company, get a steady paycheck, and if I get hurt, okay, well, I still have a steady paycheck. We want to make sure that there is some sort of safety net to stay independent and actually have legitimate freedom of choice. We want to make sure there are benefits to each so that it's, that it's balanced.
0: Now, I know that you're pro-union. Everything you just said sounded pro-union. I've read your tweets. What do you think it would realistically take to form some kind of pro-wrestling union to address some of the issues that you – the many issues you just brought up here?
2: Well, the biggest thing right now is, um, honestly, we we have to come together as a workforce. Um, There are great steps being taken. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, over here in the U.K., there was a, a women's promotion called Pro Wrestling Eve that just recognized equity which Equity is an entertainment trade union uh, based in the UK that uh, my company, uh, We The Independent, is working with. Basically, my company is taking portions of our proceeds from our merchandise. We're a merchandising company that's using portions of our proceeds to help sponsor sponsor, uh, trade union membership for, right now, independent wrestlers or wrestlers in general. What does
0: trade union union membership include? What does that entail?
2: So the, the benefits to being a part of Equity, because I can speak to that, and we have several uh, trade unions that we're speaking to in America right now uh, that we just opened up conversations with. So we're trying to reach out in America as well. But right now, I can speak what Equity brings. Equity, um, they provide public uh, they provide public liability insurance up to ten million pounds. So let's say if you're a wrestler and you do something in your match that uh, and a fan gets hurt or something happens and they sue you're protected up to 10 million pounds through legal representation. They also equity also gives you uh, the ability to seek contract advice and and use them for contract negotiation. You also have legal backing for uh, contract disputes. And that also comes at an independent level because what we've had to learn is that a contract isn't necessarily a formal agreement in pen and paper that you sign a contract is any uh, agreement between two parts between two parties. So you have, uh, every time I work for any independent company, I'm sit- I'm working under a contract because m- the promoter and I have in text an agreement of how much I'm supposed to make that day, how I'm supposed to get there, what's going to be covered, what I should expect. That's a contract. And equity has your back in those disputes. Now, the biggest thing, which just recently happened, and according to equity, this happened through our We the Independent campaigns uh, push. Uh, equity has now – Negotiated with their insurers to include professional wrestlers in their disability welfare insurance, meaning that if a wrestler is going to be hurt and miss work for two or more weeks uh, and they're a member of equity, they are able to claim money, which uh, for their loss of earnings. And what that would be right now, the insurers are saying up to 150 pounds a week for up to a year. So that's 600 pounds a month for up to a year if you're going to be hurt and missing, and you're going to miss work for two or more weeks, which is unbelievable. Now, you, uh, I mean, hell, that's, that's my... 600 pounds a month is my share of rent. And if I'm hurt and can't work, I at least know my rent's going to be covered uh, through being an equity trade union member. Um, now... That's the one benefit there. Now, where we go forward is if we get enough people to be a part of the union. Obviously, we're trying, we the independent, we're trying to sponsor as many people as possible to get them in the union. But as we grow, uh, we're in the process of growing as much as we possibly can. Right now, I think we have up to like seven annual memberships that we're able to afford. Um, and hopefully that grows and grows and grows to help all of the wrestlers. We'd love to sponsor all of them and not have them have to worry to anything. But in the meantime, we need people to join the union. Uh, Go to equity.org.uk and you can join. Uh, And what we can do if you all, if everyone joins, we have enough people from roster to roster to roster in which we could have individual uh, by company basis unions that could also elect a representative, go to management and negotiate a CBA with each individual promotion. Then we can get even further where we can have uh, buy-ins to the pension schemes that can help for long-term sustainable benefits, all sorts of things. Uh, So there's on a a collective unionization level, it makes sense to be a part of equity. On individual protection level, it makes sense to be a part of equity. So every way you look at it, any independent artist, independent wrestler, uh, whether you're based in the UK or not, to be honest, because if you have a UK address, these benefits apply globally. So me right now I have a UK address. I'm a member of equity. If I get hurt in, let's just say I wrestle in Singapore and I get hurt or something like that. Equity has my back through all that. I get all that coverage still. Uh, if you're not a part of the, if you're not a UK resident or don't have a UK address and you still join when you're in the UK, all those benefits still apply. And no matter what, they'll still be able to give you legal backing such as looking over contracts and helping you out with negotiations and all of that. Um, yeah, it just makes sense to join both on an individual level and on a collective level. Now, uh, so the big no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the biggest challenge is just getting everybody on board, getting people to join. Uh, it only costs the minimum payments are ten pounds fifty eight pence a month. That's it. That's all that costs. And if you want to bump it up to like twenty four hour insurance, so let's say like I'm in the gym and I get hurt, as opposed to like being hurt on the way to a show or on the way home from a show or at a show, it only costs an extra five pounds a year. Um, So it's, it just makes sense. The biggest, the biggest problem is getting everyone to join. The biggest problem is getting everyone on the same page and, uh, and kind of being in on the fight.
0: Now that works great in the UK. What can my friends here in the United States do? Is there a program similar to equity that exists here in the States?
2: Well, that's what we're looking to do right now. We've reached out to several uh, organizations in which we're currently in conversations with to see how we can do that. Apparently, according uh, to a lot of equity uh, employees that we've been speaking to and e- equity organizers and uh, that we've been speaking to in the U.S. is is actually quite a lot more complicated, even though. No, uh, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, because then because obviously over here we have uh, over here. UK and, you know, almost every other civilized nation has the uh, benefit of having national ins- uh, national health care.
0: A public option. Uh, socia- yeah. Yes. Got it.
2: Well, not just a public, not a public option. We have uh, uh, a socialized medicine. Yes, yeah, Which different. is right.
0: You're not opting into everywhere. it. You, you're not opted in. You're not opting into it, which would be a public option. This is just something you're entitled to would be more. Likely. Yeah, Correct. exactly.
2: Yeah. OK. So now that. With that and there's other like very strict things within the. US uh, trade union system but we're in conversations with them and hopefully we can work that out um, I don't it would depend on like we have to see what like union dues would be and all of the and all of those sorts of uh, things but right now in the US what we can do is we can speak up uh, right now in the US what we can do is we have to talk about these issues we have to be loud and vocal about these issues we need to utilize public engagement. Uh, because the fan base are going to help push this message. They're the ones who talk about these things, you know? Like, you see, like, the fans were the ones who were making a fuss about the the issue with WWE taking Saudi money, right? Like, the the fans were pushing that. That wasn't like a bunch of wrestlers coming out tweeting about it. It was fans putting it out there. Uh, So we need to utilize our fan base who want to support their favorite entertainers, who want to support pro wrestlers. They want to make sure that the people that are watching are being treated fairly in their workplace. in their workplace
0: now. Uh, okay. Sorry. Good.
2: Yeah, no, that's pretty much, that's, I could, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but yeah, that's, I think right now if you're an American wrestler, we need to be vocal about these things. We need to come out and speak publicly about these things. It's, it's scary Well, because the only thing that'll really truly get you, uh, you know, being realistic, the only thing that really true, you get you like blacklisted from a place like WWE is speaking about unions. They don't like the U word. They don't like it at all. Uh, so it it is scary. But if we all come together and we speak out on these issues, we're all in the same boat. If we all are together, then we don't have anything to worry about.
0: Now, you have come out, you, like you say, we're talking openly about unionization right now. You've called WWE an evil corporation. You have called Ring of Honor a propaganda machine. I mean, you are saying things out loud that I think you're right. If more people said them together, there could be some change. But there is the fear of repercussion. Do you feel like the door is closed to you at WWE and ROH at this moment because of what you've
2: said? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, absolutely, I do. And I and I know that... Uh, I know that through, uh, you know, I've heard from some people that things have been said directly. And I know that. So I'm not really afraid. Uh, I, I don't have much to lose, man. Like I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have been saving money my whole life. I'm very fortunate that I do have a supportive, uh, family if need be. And especially when I was first starting, uh, my mom was very, very, very helpful to me. by putting a roofer by keeping a roof over my head, like letting me stay at home for as long as I needed to. Uh, you know, there, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of uh, systems in place for me that I know that I'm going to be okay, no matter what. And I'm currently doing fine right now on my own. Um, you know, I've been able to pay my own bills through wrestling for hell, like f- maybe four years now, four plus years now it's, at this point. So I'm very fortunate that pro wrestling has been very nice to me. Um, I know that places like Ring of Honor, who I have no desire to take a paycheck from ever because that paycheck says Sinclair Broadcasting on it, uh, I know that that door is closed. I know that... uh, But honestly, I shut that door on my own. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that the WWE door is closed. And I'm not really concerned about that because if I was there, I would have to sit down and shut up and, you know, just be a happy little soldier and just take my and take take the money, which I couldn't I, I don't think I could actually do that. Um, I would feel like I was betraying myself, which is the reason why I, I said what I said about Sinclair, especially considering that matches in Israel, because I, I vehemently oppose the Israeli government, the way they act. And I vehemently oppose what Sinclair Broadcasting represents and the way they act and what they do. So I, I felt like I couldn't speak on the issues that I speak on and not say something about that, and that's the same thing that goes for WWE. Yes, they're the they're the biggest game in town. Yes, they have the biggest, the highest ceiling as far as money goes. Um, and maybe it is the biggest platform. Maybe if I had, maybe if I took the the Booker T. Washington approach and kind of like stayed quiet, worked my way through the system, wait till I got to the top and then speak out. Maybe that would be more effective. But I'm going more the WB Du voice route. And I'm saying, nah, fuck the system. Let's let's change it right now. Um, so we'll see we'll see how it works. I think this is going to work. And I, you have to just believe that it's going to work. We have to just keep speaking. Uh, funny enough, a friend of mine the other day was just talking about how this is such a meme that it it can come across disingenuous, but it's very very genuine. We need to continue to speak truth to power. Uh, that's such a cliche at this point, but it's the truth. Um, we just have to kind of come together and acknowledge these shortcomings from these major corporate entities and show where they're, where they're anti-labor. They blatantly are. Uh, someone has become a billionaire off the backs of laborers who are currently broken and have no financial recourse, and that's egregious.
0: Um, what do you uh, say to those who think that it is a smart business move on Vince McMahon's decision to uh, follow through with the Saudi deal and take the money? Why, why would you say it is uh, bad on their part to be taking that money?
2: Um, do I, do we need to explain the atrocity that is the Saudi Arabian government? Um, do we need to explain where that money comes from? I would like you to,
0: I would like you to, because well, this the- is, a, this is something I deal with, with a lot of wrestling fans, which is, you know, oh, well, you know, what if they put up a women's match over in Saudi Arabia and they start to bring change, you know, and there's all, all kinds of ways that they that this can be spun where it's like a positive to go through with this deal. What would you say to the, the, what, what is the very clean cut answer to why it is, in your opinion, wrong for WWE to be accepting this money from Saudi Arabia?
2: There would be a much stronger statement being made if Saudi if it was known that Saudi Arabia wanted a show, offered a ton of money and WWE said no. That is a much stronger statement than saying, sure, we'll take your money and hopefully we'll be able to have a women's match on. Because it's speaking out of both sides of your mouth, right? And there's a reason why, if you see when those Saudi Arabian shows happen, uh, that there happens to be a massive women's thing that WWE runs. For instance, they had an all women's tryout just before this most recent Saudi Arabia show. And then before that, they had, like, I think it was like a week or two before the Saudi Arabia show, they had. Their first ever all women's pay per view. They're they're it's a it's it's a mask. It, they don't care about the women's rights issues. They're just using that. Stephanie McMahon said ph- uh, philanthropy is going to be the number one business motivator or some shit like that. She said something like that uh, or the number one way of selling a product or whatever. She, they're they're using that to try and say they're not so bad. But they take money from an oppressive regime, from an autocratic regime, from a theocratic regime that uh, executes homosexuals and anyone who's not heterosexual, really. Uh, they don't provide, oh, wow, women can drive now. Yeah, do you also know that MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, who's the crown, the Saudi crown prince, he also executed the leaders, the female uh, leaders of the protest to try and get women the right to drive? Something as simple as that. Uh, the Saudi—I mean, just recently—they just murdered an American journalist for speaking out against this, uh, against the Saudi government. There's so many things that are just wrong about accepting their money, and there's no excuse for it, really. And you know what? Here's a compromise. And I said this: it would still be wrong to take the money, but now you're getting these this excess of millions and millions and millions of dollars coming in. What have they done with that money? What have they done with it? Have mm-hmm. they have they used that directly to increase people's salaries or have they used that money directly to provide benefits to their workers, the people who are who are giving that Saudi Arabia the reason to pay for that show? No, they haven't. They've literally just taken that and put it right in their pockets. There's no excuse for it. It's obscene, it's egregious, it's abhorrent. Uh, yeah, there's no other way to put that. It is a Saudi Arabia who also, by the way, all these very, very big time patriots, I believe 15 of the 19 hijackers in the nine, uh, from nine 11 were Saudi Arabian. Uh, Saudi Arabia also sponsors terrorism that is anti-American throughout the Middle East. Uh, and WWE put on pro Saudi propaganda on their show. Fuck that ridiculous. Uh, and it's offensive. Now,
0: you put out the Ring of Honor promo as you were getting ready to go have this match for the world title with Jay Lethal uh, in Israel. Uh, what was Ring of Honor's, like, I know that they asked you to take the video down, but what what was that exchange like with Ring of Honor when you had to, uh, when they had to address what you
2: said? They, they didn't communicate with me. Uh, so, I was booked through an independent promotion, IPWA, by Gary Groff in Israel. I was booked by them. Gary told me that he was, that first I was supposed to wrestle Ilya Dragunov. He wasn't able to do it because uh, WWE doesn't allow anybody with a with an Israeli stamp on their passport to really be on the roster because Saudi Arabia doesn't like that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, which I know that through, there's an Israeli wrestler who they WWE basically said, Hey, we can't really use you. Interesting. Um, so, whew, IPWA booked me, they tried to get Ilya, Ilya couldn't do it because of his WWE contract, that's fine, that's not Ilya's fault Ilya's dope Um, then he said he was going to get lethal got lethal, had to go through Ring of Honor to get lethal because lethal has an exclusive contract and he had to uh, you know, they had to figure all all of that out, that's cool too, nothing wrong with Jay Lethal, nothing wrong with doing any of that then Ring of Honor decided they were going to put the world title on the line I was like, okay dope this is a really big opportunity for me to speak about these issues or highlight these issues that I think are very important. They didn't like me doing that very much. They told Gary to have me pull the promo and they basically insinuated that they would pull Jay lethal from the show. If the promo wasn't pulled, Do you... uh, Yeah, Go ahead. and I didn't want And Gar- Gary had already paid for, uh, Jay's reasonable, reasonably very high wage because he deserves to have a very high wage. He's an excellent wrestler who has uh, great great exposure, great experience, all that. Uh, And his very expensive flight, which obviously coming from America to Israel is going to be expensive. uh, And already paid for his hotel. All that stuff is already paid for. I wasn't going to put Gary in jeopardy of losing out on all that money because I wanted to speak my beliefs that Gary allowed me to do. And he Backed me up for my freedom of speech and freedom of political beliefs, even though he didn't really even agree with me. Um, so that was pretty much what that was. And then, uh, my main issue after all that was that ring of honor decided conveniently to take the title off of Jay uh, before the match had happened. And they had gone on their website, uh, one not spoken to me and then attributed a quote to me, which was ridiculous. Um, about saying it was like my dream to wrestle for the ring of honor world title in Israel, you know, uh, cause they thought it was cute to have a Jewish kid in Israel wrestle for their championship. It would be good publicity for them. Then after saying on their website that no matter what their title would be defended, whether Jay was champion or not, then they decided to change the title and then not provide their cha- not, uh, get their champion to the show. So they lied. And they lied to the, the Israeli fans that were there. Uh, they lied to the world in reality. Um, and they are just, there's no honor with the people that run that company. Not the wrestlers, has nothing to do with the workers, has everything to do with the people who are in the business management side of that promotion. Um, anyone who has some sort of connection to Sinclair Broadcasting is morally reprehensible.
0: Uh, uh, David, I know we're we're bumping right up here to half an hour. I had like two more things I wanted to ask you about. Do you have a minute sure. here? I'll go.
2: I'll I will go as quick as possible. I'm sorry. No. I tend to rant. I know
0: that it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Uh, now what? Are, what are exactly are your issues with Walter signing with Walter WWE and everything. really the NXT UK brand moving into the the United Kingdom?
2: I am um, okay. So there, here's something. I'm I'm very happy you asked that because this is a great time to clear this up. In character. I called Walter a sellout because I was a heel. And as a heel, I, when I present my issues, I approach it in a much more militant, bitter, angry way. But then versus when you see me present the same issues in progress as a babyface, you see me present it in a much more diplomatic, let's all come together kind of way. These are the two, this is just a variation of a character. In reality, Walter is the last thing from a sellout. If I'm speaking, actually, I'm speaking to you right now as Max Barsky, not as David Starr. He's not a sell. He did it the absolute right way. So did guys like, so did all of like the British Strong Style guys and a few other guys part of the mm-hmm. NXT thing. They did it completely right. They were offered contracts. They said what they liked. They said what they didn't like. They negotiated and they got it done. They got a deal that they feel is good for them. There's a few guys that did it that way, and Walter is actually one of them. Uh, Walter was very difficult in a good way to deal with as far as getting him under contract because he knows his worth and he knows what he should get, and what he shouldn't. So I don't have an issue with any of the workers. What I do have an issue with is WWE as a corporation trying to, uh, basically they've, they've attempted to buy out a bunch of independent promotions, which some have said yes. And they, and they operate under the WWE umbrella. So, uh, My issue is that they are actively trying to monopolize the industry, which is what uh, their business, what WWE has always tried to do since Vince McMahon Jr. took over. And it's and it shows, Um, of course, at some point, uh, of course, it's very gracious of them to allow their contracted wrestlers to still compete on some independent shows. Definitely. But I'm concerned that the independent scene has been reliant on these people that aren't going to be around. They haven't been investing in the next generation because these guys got to the top and they got to the main event status, and it really wasn't ready to be passed on yet. They were still kind of at that peak point, and then WWE kind of scooped them up. So these independent promotions that use WWE talent are not using the WWE talent in a semi oh,
0: David. basis. They're using David. You're breaking up they a little pulled, bit. They get and go. then there's nothing
2: there. Can you hear me? Yeah, you, but you, oh, you, you, broke, me? It,
0: you broke up in, a, in just a little bit there uh, where you were talking about how they were, they were being used on a semi-regular basis.
2: They should be used on a semi-regular basis. That's basically the point, is that they should be used to prop up the guys who aren't signed because they're going to be there tomorrow. You know what I mean? Um, we need to use these people who are excellent wrestlers, who have great minds for the business, they give great advice, and they're great people to learn from to help the next generation. As opposed to using them to just be on the top of our cards. Because they're not going to be there tomorrow. Then all of a sudden when they get pulled, then you have nothing left. And it's like, oh shit, well we have to build up from scratch. All these people we developed and got these fans attached to, they're not here anymore. We need to make sure we're looking after the next generation. And trying Mm -hmm. to ensure the survival of independent wrestling.
0: Um, yesterday, uh, we're recording this on, uh, Tuesday, August 20th. There was a, a bit of a, like Twitter meltdown, uh, that revolved okay. around Jim Cornette. Um, I don't usually bring up Jim, uh, in my podcast, but it was such a, um, notable day in the world of Cornette tweets. And I know you got wrangled into it a little bit as well. What do you make of, yeah. uh, Jim Cornette in 2019?
2: Well, I said it, I put out a big thread after all that kind of went, went down, Uh, about my feelings on someone like Cornette. And it's really sad. And I think it's sad because he does have a wealth of knowledge and experience that could be used in a positive way to help wrestlers. But instead, he decides to be a troll. And instead, he decides to just be overly critical, negative, uh, a negative, overly critical uh, dude who who just seems to be like a boomer who's triggered – by every little thing that's different from the 1980s Memphis territory. Uh, He doesn't like it. He doesn't like anyone who expresses opposition to him. But on that same note, there's great examples of guys, guys like Billy Gunn and guys like Hurricane Helms and so many more who are great veterans who have a wealth of knowledge and experience that use constructive criticism for today's current wrestlers and are helping improve the product overall, like the product of wrestling. Um, Jim Cornette uses, uh, again, troll tactics. Uh, I've seen some people say, oh, but look, he's like such a liberal because he opposes Donald Trump. But yeah, you can be someone who opposes Donald Trump and still use misogyny, which is what he used, which is what kind of got me fired up yesterday with the uh, calling Jordan Grace a butterface for no reason after she made her own opinion about how wrestling is a performance art. And he got freaked out by that. So yeah, he used misogyny. He uses homophobia when, and transphobia when he talks about Sonny Kiss and when he talks about Nyla Rose. Uh, and he and he uses just – he just hates anybody who does comedy wrestling like or anybody that does any sort of hardcore wrestling kind of, which seems like – which is why he hates someone who's just talented like Joey Janela and Orange Cassidy and Joey Ryan. He is just trying to leech off of the popularity of these wrestlers by being overly critical and getting these people – uh, by being overly critical and staying relevant by saying something negative towards them because everyone wants to put them over. If he went out there and said, oh, my God, this guy's so great, no one would care. But when I mean, he goes out there and says, this guy's ruining the fucking business, he's exposing the business, which, by the way, he doesn't understand the irony in publicly tweeting that. Hilarious. Um, but that's Jim's real, real problem. I mean, he's been he, – he, I don't know why he's still around. He's been seen to cavalierly use the N-word, uh, which, was post, which was posted publicly. I, I shared the video uh, fairly recently uh, where he, he's used the N-word. He's also said that he was going to say it in private towards me. He was saving that word for in, in a private conversation. Whatever, man. Like, he's threatened to fight people, and then he's co- he cowers away from it. He is – and all his, his fans, his little followers – what they do is they go like, who are you? Are you as relevant as Jim Cornette? Did you make as much money as Jim Cornette? That has nothing to do with it because Jim is has had an extremely successful career and desert, he's earned the right to speak about wrestling based on his successful career. Absolutely. But he's also earned the right to be called a dickhead for what he's said about it and how he uses his platform. He's an idiot. Uh, there's so, And again, like I said, it's really sad. It's a shame that um, he resorts to the childish tactics that he's resorted to. And I hope that he sees the light, but he won't. And he'll just go on and on and on and be miserable. And hopefully some t- someday he actually gets booked on a relevant wrestling show that I'm a part of and we get to have a face to face conversation.
0: Wow. Uh, the product, David Starr. David, I got to have you back. I got through only about half of the questions I had for you. I tried to hit the, <laughs> the big points, uh, but you know, maybe here in a couple months we can circle back here in the fall. Um, uh, very enlightening. I, I appreciate your candor, David. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview?
2: Absolutely. Thank you very much for that opportunity, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the platform to speak check yeah, well, out check out we, we check out wetheindependent.com, which, is, uh, my promotion, which is my promotion with uh, which is my company which is a merchandising company that uses a portion of its proceeds to sponsor trade union membership into equity uh, That's we our socials are at we the indie indie spelled with an IE uh, Also if you're a UK re- wrestler or actually if you're a wrestler in general check out equity equity.org.uk. and you can click the join button right there. Uh, I t- already told you about on this, all the benefits to being a part of that. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, we need to move towards pro-labor unionization movement so that we get what's ours. Uh, finally getting our fair share of profits and benefits that we deserve. Uh, also, check out my socials at the product DS. Uh, you can check out my merch, my individual merchandise stores, bottomlinemerch.com slash davidstar, slash davidstar, sl-wrestling.de slash david-star. Uh, and I believe that is all of my stuff.
3: You talk real funny. What's what's your deal, man? Scottish. Scottish. Okay. great oh, Yeah. 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 I haven't seen any of those.
2: Okay.
3: Well. So let's let's get on with it, right? So it's pocket on opening. Jesus Christ. Uh, a- Always. Thanks.
2: AEW going to TNT on October second, and NXT is now going to be head to head on Wednesday nights. How do you feel about a new war in wrestling? the 20 years ago, we have that as well. I think that's about? incredible
3: for the fans. I think that if you are a wrestling fan I and mean, that's not something that intrigues you, you're out of your goddamn mind. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is is that this is something that's only going to benefit wrestling fans and it's also only going to benefit the wrestlers cuz it's just going to make us step our games up even more. Not that I could even do that cuz let's just face the facts. I'm fucking perfect. But <laughs> next question. Literally anybody, any any one of you fat guys <laughs> holding a microphone. I really don't care. Let's, let's ask
2: him tomorrow night. Are you going to walk Cody to the ring? We've got Sean Spears, who's got Tolly Blanchard there. It feels like if someone was going to put two and two together, who could Cody have in his corner? Is that going to happen?
3: Would I love to look right now at you? No, because you're ugly. But would I like to be able to look at this camera and tell you that I'm going to be in Cody's corner? Absolutely. But I don't know. Cody's my best friend. He's my mentor. The American Nightmare. The American, uh, you know, the, the the roller coaster. Cody Rhodes, like. No one means more to me on this planet than this man. Uh, When I say I want to be the future face of this company, there's a reason for it. And there's humility in that sentence, and I don't think people understand that. Because to me, I say future face, because the face of All Elite Wrestling right now is Cody Rhodes. And he's somebody I aspire to be like, and he's somebody that I aspire to make proud one day. However, if he does not decide to pick me today, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, tomorrow, uh, I will not be upset. I will understand because he knows better than me and if he makes a decision to pick somebody else that means it was the right decision to make so whatever he does I'm going to be right by there by his side in his corner um whether physically or you know soulfully next question is you know you talk about Cody is someone who's seen a lot of business roller before. coaster yeah yep <laughs> uh, what is some of the good advice he's given you in the past you know just how you can grow and mature in this business oh my god um that's hard. Um, the amount of hard to hard conversations I've had with the man is absolutely insane. When I say he's my mentor, it's not like, ooh, it's like a, this is a legitimate thing. Um, I would say the most meaningful thing that he ever said to me was um, so, this was, it was at uh, All In. You guys ever hear of that show? Um, it was at All In, and uh, I finished my match, and I walked right up to him, and I go, Cody, I got to know. Do you have any notes? Do you have any news? Like, I, 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 I just want to learn. Help me. And he looked at me and he said, Kid, you're here for a reason. And instantly that blew my mind. Because the second a guy like that says that, you instantly take a step back and you go, Oh, yeah. And you realize you don't have to overanalyze these things. Yeah, I'm 23. And I'm damn good. And I should be proud of that. And I should be walking around understanding that yeah, I am that good, and there's nothing wrong with being that good. And I take pride in being as good as I am. So Cody instilled even more confidence in me that day. Next question.
2: How do you feel about Chris Jericho and maybe Compatis? Chris Jericho? Do
3: you uh, how do I feel about Chris? There's comparisons to him. Comparisons. He's filled himself. You're going to fill yourself. Excuse me? Yeah, you're full of shit, pal. That's why your eyes are brown. Listen, um, Chris Jericho? Hell of a guy, you know. Uh, I was on his podcast. We had fun. Uh, I don't agree about his opinions on my best friend, the American Nightmare, the King of the Crossroads, the Rollercoaster Cody Rhodes. Not a fan of what he has to say about my mentor, my best friend. Um, however, when people bring up the comparisons, me and Chris both agreed. Um, we are similar, but yet at the same time very different. Um, I am a fresh new flavor. I am a, I am a new flavor of ice cream in professional wrestling. Chris is a – we got a problem? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Keep moving. Somebody get him out of here, please. Yeah. Cole Kimena, everybody. He's super over in 2019. Anyway, um, and then Chris Jericho is a flavor that everybody understands. Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. There's, there's, everyone has tasted Chris Jericho and everybody loves Chris Jericho. Everybody appreciates Chris Jericho. But there's something I like to say. There's something I like to say. It's, it's, I say talent over tenure. Do any of you idiots understand what that means? Anybody? Yeah. Not a rhetorical question. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. I have no dinner. You don't have any time in. Got it, cue ball um, <laughs> What it means is it doesn't matter how long you've been in this industry. All that matters is how much of an impact do you make. And I personally feel that I have made an insane impact in a very, very short period of time. I respect what people like Chris Jericho have done for this business and for this profession. However, it's my turn now. Well, I'm you say that, guys. but along the same lines, flavor of the month. Flavor of the
1: month. Uh, Chris Jericho has also evolved his character every step of the way. You're still absolutely. very young in this business, yeah. um, very talented. Yeah. So, w- what is it that motivates you to take it to that next level? Keep your character evolving, keep who you are, your persona, your character is the wrong word, right? But who you are as it, a wrestler, I was about performer. To say,
3: I, I detest this word character sure, because I am Maxwell Jacob Friedman 24 7. It is my birth name. I am from Plainview, Long Island, New York. Yeah, I have a little bit of money. You know, I, I, here's my issue with this. A lot of people like to say, Max, you know, like yeah, you, you were kind of, you know, thrown a pretty easy life. Not true. I was given a very small loan of $1 million when I was 13. And it was my job, my job and my job alone, to make sure that I invested it properly, to make sure that I knew which route to go to to make sure that my life would be successful. Um, <sighs> so for me, what motivates me is I want to keep that money going. I want to keep that money going float. I want to make sure I keep building my name, my brand. I don't want to just be the best in professional wrestling. I'm pretty much already there. I want to be the best period at everything, the best entertainer, the most important person that is on TV weekly. That's what I want to be. When people are talking about television, when people are talking about, hell, maybe in the future movies, I want people to bring my name up. That is what motivates me. I'm going to take over this goddamn world, and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. So what
1: inspires you, then? The better better question here is as you continue to uh, find entertainment and other things that you watch and find uh, success in entertainment, what inspires you to change up who you are from week to week, month to
3: month, year to year? Cody Rhodes. The answer to that question is Cody Rhodes. You want to talk about somebody who evolved, someone who changed? Cody Rhodes. I mean, there was a certain individual that looked at my mentor, and he said, you know, I'm not quite sure I see that much money in this. So Cody left. Cody did something absolutely unimaginable. Cody decided to leave uh, a juggernaut of our industry. Uh, You know, a company that honestly monopolized professional wrestling for God knows how many years and start his own promotion, build his own name brand and make himself, force every single person that watched him to understand he's a top guy. Cody Rhodes is an outlaw. That's why I love Cody Rhodes. And that's why I aspire to be like Cody Rhodes.
1: How do you plan on doing that same kind of thing, being the, one of
3: the fastest growing stars in professional wrestling and making an impact like you said you wanted to do Yeah, that I'm, I'm already doing it. I mean, all I have to do, honestly, is, I'll put it this way. Uh, you guys hear of those self-driving cars that they got coming out real soon? Yep. That's where I'm at, man. I mean, this job's too fucking easy for me, honestly. I just sit down, put my hands behind my head, and let the car go, and it's going
2: fast. Next any, question. Do you have any get wheel message for Joan Moxley?
3: Next question. Who do you want to fight in All Elite
1: Wrestling? Obviously, Adam Page. He's had your number, number of times. But who's your next big chunk?
3: I'm sorry. Did did Adam Page beat me in singles competition? (laughs) uh, uh, Did Adam Page beat me in singles competition?
1: So there is not a victory over you. So what we're saying here is there is not a win
3: over you in the same match where you lost. Hangman, Adam Page, absolutely in a singles match. Because every single time me and Hangman have been in a ring, he has had a fluke W. Every single time. In the multi-man, did he pin me? No. Who'd he pin, guys? Who'd he pin? Yeah, not me. In the Battle Royale, everybody saw he cheated. He grabbed my hair. You guys all saw it, every single one of you. He grabbed my hair and threw me over the top rope. Illegal. Illegal maneuver in professional wrestling. Since when are we allowed to grab it? While we're at it, why don't you just kick me in the dick and throw me over the top rope? The guy guy calls himself a cowboy. He's no cowboy, okay? This guy is a loser. This guy is not in my league. And the fact that... Sorry, The fact that he is in the first ever inaugural shot at becoming our, Uh, mine, AEW World Heavyweight Champion, makes me insane. Because the simple fact is, is I should be in that spot. And everyone knows it. So I hope Hangman Adam Page understands that I am very ready for a singles match. And I know he's not ready for me. Next question. So you think Cody Rhodes is ready for the uh, championship? What is that supposed to mean? At what? Guys, did you hear me say I didn't think Cody... Here's, that's, this is why I have an issue with fake news, sir. Because okay. of people like you, you try to create propaganda. At no point did I say anything negative about my friend. At no point did I say my friend didn't deserve a shot. If anybody deserves a shot, like me, it's Cody Rhodes. But you said you deserve it. Yeah. Not Cody. I didn't say Cody doesn't deserve it and I do, did I? Yeah, you you bumbling Cody, idiot. If Next if person.
1: Last God,
3: damn. God
0: damn. Last so guys, do you... Last so, one. I know that Heyman Page is your enemy, but do you kind of have uh, maybe hoping that he wins the title tomorrow or on Saturday so that you do, maybe be your first in line for that shot?
3: I don't care who wins the title because I'm going to get the title regardless of who that title is placed on. That was the stupidest question you could have possibly. I don't know why you're smirking. That was the stupidest. Like, I'm actually dumbfounded because that loser over there literally looked at you and said, last question. And you went, uh, 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 let me spit this stupid one out. Like, you had an opportunity there to make a name for yourself as a journalist. And now everyone in this room is dumber for having heard the question you just asked. Goodbye. Thank you, Michael,
0: for carrying me through the news segment there (laughs) as I have been fighting through what I think is a blown vocal cord or something like that. Thank you to David Starr. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I've been looking to get David for a while now. Very outspoken individual. Thank you to MJF. Uh, uh, for the time at StarCast, thank you, Michael, for doing the scrum with MJF sure. there. What a dick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> more more of my casual comedy here in my low voice. Um, we, uh, we have more coming for you this weekend at Wrestling Inc. Uh, ROH is presenting their Global Wars events with CMLL. We'll have coverage for all three of those shows this weekend. Uh, big bouts planned for those. Uh, if you like the uh, the show here, you like all the Wrestling Inc. Uh, podcast. go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Give us a subscription. Give us a five-star rating, a nice comment. All that stuff is always appreciated. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, I know we're going to have Rob Van Dam. I'm debating who to pair him with right now uh, as far as because I have just so many interviews, especially with all the great work that you did over the weekend, Michael. So uh, I think I'm actually probably going to roll out one of the interviews you did tomorrow and, and save the other interview I have for... For next week, but definitely Rob Van Dam will be here on the show tomorrow along with uh, another interview. Well, what Which one of your interviews do you want me to run tomorrow, Michael? Um,
1: you. you know, I, I enjoyed I got to speak to a couple of great guys. Jerry Lawler was a short but sweet one, um, but honestly, talking to Darren Young, Fred Rosser, as he, he just goes by his real name now, God, dude is just so positive. I know you spoke to him a while back, and that was probably my favorite one on one. Actually, it's probably my favorite conversation I had all weekend was with uh, Fred Rosser. So maybe okay. go with that one.
0: Let's do that then tomorrow. RVD and Fred Rosser, Darren Young. That'll be the show tomorrow. Booked. Mm. Booked. There you go. Um, I want to end the show here by reading this ridiculous remedy that Liz sent me while we were doing the show about how to make my voice better, uh, of course. <laughs> Liz is, uh, is an opera singer who, who, has, who takes impeccable care of her voice. She said, there's a trick I learned to help speed up the healing process. Coat a paper towel and olive oil. Wrap it around the front of your neck. Then wrap your neck in cling film to prevent the oil from going everywhere. Then warm up the hot compress and wrap that around your neck. The oil acts as a conductive agent for the heat, which stimulates blood flow and promotes quicker healing. That sounds disgusting. I will not be doing that. this is uh yeah (laughs) that you have i just picture oil everywhere now (laughs) i just i just imagine my neck breaking out in acne just reading that and it sounds gross so i won't do that all right michael what do you want to plug promote put over here to wrap up the show today
1: you know, we just we did a lot of stuff on the ground this weekend. At and you're gonna see more of it throughout the week with the interviews coming up. But if you have not had a chance yet, we also uh, Nick, you were there for the uh, all-out post-game scrums. Yeah. So please check out our YouTube page. Some of those have been put up on Wrestling Inc. But um, there was a great one. Tony Khan spent lots of time with the media. Forty minutes. Tons of great nuggets in there. So yeah. check out the Wrestling Inc. YouTube page. YouTube.com/slash Wrestling Ink. Um, subscribe to us there as well. And as always, put myself over here. Follow me on Twitter. I am at the Real Wiseman. Um, And I, you know, I I watch wrestling sometimes and tweet about it. So that's always fun.
0: And I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this today. I really wanted to make sure we got the Winkly out today, Uh, even against uh, Liz's request that I do not speak today. But here we go. This is what happened. Uh, I am at Wink Rebel. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.